So, uh, so Scotty, are we going to address uh, the fact that you you bought tickets to GCW show? You fucking drove. You drove to Nashville. You dragged Blake along with it. You you got drunk. You went to the show. You got slightly big leaked by one dude who had a reasonable statement. <laughs> now look and then, here. And then your masculinity was so fragile that you turned to Blake and said, let's leave. Oh, That's... No. Firstly, didn't go that way. It went with me watching Logan stunt get yeeted across the venue through a door going, I'm... It started with me watching Logan stunt because I was right there. I was two feet away from Logan stunt getting yeeted off the stage ten feet through a door. Yeah. It was very good. Meanwhile, I've got I'm chilling with Kevin Gill, Mance Warner, <laughs> fucking uh Jimmy uh fucking I can't remember his name. Uh Jimmy I Dean? Have, no, not Jimmy not Jimmy King. But no, Jimmy Dean. No, not Jimmy Dean neither. Not the sausage man. They're all around me. I see them get yeeted. I message Blake and say Hey, what do we want to eat after this? Then I find Blake and hit me and him look at each other and have the same exact thought without having to speak, which is, I don't want to be here anymore. Let's go. Yeah, after, honestly, after that Logan stunt match, I was pretty done because I don't think there was anything more satisfying than what I'd seen. Yeah. Although, apparently, there was because the Effie Mance match was. Apparently, WCW made over, featuring Marco coming out dressed as Sting. First as NWO Wolfpack Sting, then removing a mask to be having normal Sting face paint. It ended so, with Matt. So, you, okay. wait, so, so now you, I'm... You, no, you hold on, fucking... shut up, Dylan. Now I'm mad at you. You agreed! <laughs> yes, I am mad at me too, but I can't put that madness on me because I am a self-loving person. You can't put the madness <laughs> on yourself, only can take it out on a cookie, yeah! So welcome to Fight Boys, the weekly podcast about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Uh, I am the last true fan of the uh, of the deathmatch, the Dylan. I am the uh, current whiskey boy, Blake Tanner. Oh, by the way, Texas, Texas deathmatch, not the regular one. You have to get, you have to get regional with it. Could you tell us all the levels of a Texas deathmatch? Uh, the, the levels are ye and haw. <laughs> and I'm the man who doesn't need Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone to get over fucking Conrad Scotty Moore Jesus Christ. okay do you just want to start with that so might have been a little drunk <laughs> and that might have also- I feel like every I feel like every Every story you've ever told on this podcast starts like that, like, unofficially. And I see at GCW Conrad Thompson, and I just wanted to walk up and very respectfully say, Hey, thank you for putting us on StarCast. I do the Fight Boys podcast. I just wanted to thank you. I did that, might have stumbled, and moved a whole ass table with the mass of my stumbling. And then... 
I, for the first time in my career as a wrestling newsman, got big leagued as he just goes, yeah, man, thanks. Hope you're enjoying the show. And that was it. That was the whole Conrad conversation. So, um, yeah, Conrad Thompson, we're not getting back on StarCast. I hope you guys know that. Oh, thanks. Thanks for fucking ruining that by being a drunkard. Really appreciate (laughs) that. We actually had a decent thing going, and then you decided to just just piss all over your own hopes and dreams. I mean, there were there are multiple other reasons why we won't get booked on StarCast, but it's okay. I will say we started late because of technical issues, but that did allow me to see my favorite thing of all time, which is CM Punk dream booking. Because while I was waiting for it to uh, load back up, I turned on WWE backstage, and they're talking about like all the matches leading into uh, to TLC. And Punk goes, "No, no, no! Here's what you do. Here's what you do with Lana and Bobby Lashley. You give it a few months, and then Bobby's gonna start getting sick of Lana too. So now there's a second divorce. We do a second divorce angle with that, and now Bobby and fucking Rusev become drinking buddies because they both hate." The- same woman and now lana gets a tag team and they start going after bobby and he keeps going until he's eventually like and now this is around wrestlemania time and at wrestlemania time obviously the new tag team sick of lana too so we put her in a shark cage above the ring and whoever loses gets lana and it's just and then he was like and who knows we could go past wrestlemania if there's still shit in saudi arabia at this point i mean we i've got a lot of ideas for lana in saudi arabia (laughs) punk has been channeling his inner russo yeah Yeah. that was that was the i didn't like i know that's not even it but that sounds magical how long did that take like five minutes that sounds like a five minute rant (laughs) yeah a lot of unnecessary details about, like, outfits and coordination, maybe even a dance number or two, you know? Yeah. That sounds like, that's that's one of those moments where everybody, like, Punk just starts talking and everybody just kind of steps back. Yeah, yeah, Another uh, gem from Punk was when he was talking about the Seth heel turn that finally fucking happened, and he was like... Punk comes out and he cuts this promo talking about what do you guys want? What do you guys want? All they've ever wanted is for Seth Rollins to be entertaining. The problem is Seth Rollins does not make a good, good guy. So, I mean, hopefully now they're going to start fucking cheering him now that he's a bad guy. (laughs) To be fair, uh, I don't really give a shit about him now that he's a heel either because he's really boring. I mean, they really whiffed it, didn't they? Because... As I, I, they pulled a, they pulled a fucking Ministry of Darkness. It was me, Kevin. It was me all <laughs> along. It was like, yeah, we fucking knew it was you. Whenever they didn't wreck your shit three weeks ago. Well, I feel like the storyline is supposed to be its self fulfilling prophecy of everyone saying that he aligned with AOP, so he did it because everyone said it. Because he came out and was like, I had fucking nothing to do with this, and then everybody kept talking shit, and I said, fuck it, I guess I'm with AOP now but i love he did the which is which is almost a level above being a chicken shit heel which is being like an easily like swayed gullible heel yeah like why am i supposed to take you more seriously than aop they already look like they could break you in half and eat you like why would i you're not in charge here it's like the opposite of j and j security Fucking, fucking Seth looks like, like their bitch. 
Like I don't, I don't buy this for a minute. You know who could who could have AOP as his like as his minions? Braun Strowman. Anyone other than Braun Strowman is a fucking stretch, unless you're rich as shit and now, you're million dollar Dylan. Manning. Dylan, I think you've hit on a perfect booking right now, and that is this. This whole storyline just becomes the exact opposite of J&J security, where the AOP just makes Seth their bitch for a while, huh? And I will say, there was a moment where this actually got really interesting and was really fun booking for a singular second until I realized it's not what they were doing, which is... Kevin looks at Seth and is like, Seth's like, fine, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, and then AOP can come out and do whatever, but uh, whatever. And so Kevin's in the ring, like, AOP, AOP, come fight me, AOP. And then Sami Zayn's music hits. And how fucking much would you have loved for Sami just to come out and have been like, yeah, it was fucking me. I was sick and tired of all the years of you beating the shit out of me. Now I've got two guys to beat the shit out of you. And now you've got Sami Zayn, ultra, ultra heel, finally making himself a decent manager. Sami, woke Sami Zayn is already ultra heel. Woke Sami Zayn is ultra heel at a level past Daniel Bryan because it's not just limited to the environment. He can just say whatever the fuck he wants to. And as long as it's true, and it always is true, who cares? He can just keep recruiting failures to come piling behind him. Well, it's not even... At least he's had decent ones. He's had, like, Shinsuke No, and Raw is just a cavalcade of failure. SmackDown, it's decent. But Raw is where he's just like, I guess the B team. Bring the B team out, too. I guess I'm just... I'm forming the world's least effective trios team. They're gonna show up and <laughs> Mo- Mojo fucking Raleigh, I guess. I don't know, Jesus. Guess. Where's he been? Fuck it. I it's it's he been, been getting he been getting pipe laid on him by Kevin Stewart. <laughs> Uh, man, uh, Sammy's Sammy's woke gimmick, by the way, is one of my favorite things because it is, like you said, Dylan, even more so than Daniel Bryan in the environment. It is just the embodiment of, man, you're not wrong. You're just an asshole. Like you're really not wrong. Like, like I you're right. Still, I I still cheered for Daniel Bryan a bit during his things. So I was like, yeah, man, fuck it. You have that fucking environmentally friendly championship. That looks handsome as shit. And then like. Like, he would wrestle, I was like, this is good. Sami Zayn just has a manager's license and is a dick. Like, there's no redeeming qualities on this. It's it's impressive. Yep. It's so well done. He has such amazing heat with the crowd, because he comes out and everybody's just like, ah, oh, this ginger asshole again. It's like when Scotty shows up to a party. Yeah. So, fucking, I'm sorry, we do have to discuss a little bit more Seth, because A... Seth did the corniest ass bullshit to reveal that he was behind the AOP attack of all time. It could have been him just walking up and it wouldn't have been as dumb as shit as them po- with, with the with the fucking chair turn around like we're in an old goddamn Bond movie from the 70s. And they're flipping the hood up. I love on backstage they were talking about that and Booker was like where the chair come from? They had to have installed the chair for this exact purpose. Does he pull it up to the lake and go fishing? Why is this fucking chair in the back of the van? I love Booker T now. Yeah. Ever since ever since I stopped having to listen to Shucky Shucky Ducky Quack Quack time, it's yeah. it's been all uphill really. 
Uh, between between him and between Paige just saying like really on the borderline like like inappropriate things. Need you to give me the juice. <laughs> two, two of my favorite things, honestly, about backstage. <laughs> now, it's, now it's mostly just CM Punk showing showing up, like taking his he he takes his last fuck, he hangs it up on the door, yeah. and then he walks into the studio, mm-hmm. and then he goes back and he puts it back on, and he talks to his wife. That's really I, what it is. <laughs> I like to think that he leaves that fuck at home. Yeah, with AJ. Yeah, yeah, that's really where he needs it. What's the he name of his dog? Abe. That's the last fuck. Is that's his is his dog? That's the last fuck. Um, I will quickly speed round through the other two Seth Rollins stories. One of which is he has my new favorite in- injury report in WWE history, which is Seth Rollins suffered a broken little finger in his match against Eric Rowan. I I love that people were like. I wasn't sure if Meltzer was just, like, being a condescending asshole or if it was his pinky finger. Because I could read so easily. It's like, oh, Seth broke his little finger. <laughs> nah, he broke his dick. Yeah. <laughs> Pull a Janela with it. Yeah, he, he broke his dick. Me, and because of that, Seth was like, I, I can't wrestle. I can't wrestle. Was he supposed to be Cedric, I think, on this episode? Um, he goes, yeah, I can't fight that. Meanwhile, Adam Cole has had a broken wrist for, like, five years and is still doing, like, Panama, fucking Panama sunrises off the top of a steel cage. Which is why, which is why I want Adam Cole to go to AEW. Yes. And, um, so finally, about Seth. He just don't get it, because apparently, according to Seth, what made the Hell in a Cell match against The Fiend bad was the red lighting. And that was it. That was the only reason he gave. And I'm like, no, no, Seth. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the no selling of everything. It wasn't the fact that like you beat the fiend because all of a sudden the no selling stopped. Yeah. It wasn't that you pulled a DQ in a hell in a cell match. It was just it bullshit. was just it was just the shitty mood lighting. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. The fucking prostitution district lighting. That's what killed yes. it. That's it. Good job. So, who's so excited for the independent scene for the next few months? Because we got... I mean, bro- from in, you mean in March on? Yeah, exactly. By the way, by the way, fuck WWE, because they're trying to be like, hey, listen, we gave everybody their releases like they wanted to. And most of these people, their contracts expired about when this was happening. Yeah. So, like, they didn't... So they just cleared some budget. It was, um, I think it was Alvarez that pointed it out because of uh, Harper, Le- like being released now, versus when his contract was up in spring of 2020, he'd still be wrestling in spring of 2020. Although I am having uh, conflicting reports that say that he can also he can do non televised indie appearances. Yeah. Here's the thing. Didn't who did, weren't there a couple people that proved that like since they're independent contractors, that non compete clause doesn't hold water? Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, I think Del Rio was one of the famous um, ones. Are you yeah. sure it's not ACH who quit and then two days later fucking showed up in Atlanta to wrestle, just like and then quit and again? <laughs> yeah, and it's quit fine. Again? You know what? I just I just want him to have a good life and be happy at this point. Like, if you want to retire, that's fine. Go go open up like a like a Shake Shack or something, dude. Just ACH is Shake Shack. The, the, one, the only one that I'm really like, I really feel it worked out for was Sinkara 
because that dude had been trying like everything new looks being over in mexico being on mexican tv like really really putting himself out there and like when he came back he's like finally on television they're like yeah we want your uh we want your old look and then we want you to lose and then we're going to give you a manager and then we're going to send that manager back and then you can go over here and fuck you yourself. could just fuck off for a few um but we're talking about, you know, the two that most people care about. Like, oh, Harper, he can go back on the indies. He could maybe join Villain Enterprises or Sin Cara. He did copyright Brody he, Lee. He copyrighted the he name. Did. Or Sin Cara. He's so great. We're forgetting the two most important boys. The fucking Ascension, baby! Connor, next ROH champion! It's happening! <laughs> <laughs> ah, just when I thought I couldn't care about that championship less. Well done. <laughs> Jesus. I'll be honest, we could probably sign them to a contract. We don't have much money to give them at all, but I feel like we're like, hey, you just have to cut promos as a nasty little rat every once in a while, and we'll take care of the rest. They'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. By the way, when you called him that, did you know those promos that I showed you existed? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always knew Rat oh, okay. Connor existed. That's why I brought up the Rat Boy. That's why he is the Rat Boy in, uh, in JW. Oh, see, you never, you never filled that in years ago. <laughs> so I just, for the last two and a half years, thought you just had this weird, almost fetish idea of this wrestler. No! And, like... I, I, I knew about that, Yeah, so it's okay. Yeah, once again... Neither of you fucking told me. <laughs> and, like, why would I fucking research I'm, the background of the Ascension? I'm fairly sure that episode, which I think was the first episode of Fight Boys, I bring up the old pictures of Connor, where he looks like a nasty, skinny rat. Now... <laughs> yeah, you said he looked like a nasty, skinny rat. He looks like a slightly buffer rat now. So that really didn't give away, like, the intentions of it. All right? Yeah. Plus, we've also, all in that time span, had a much better Ratman gimmick. Yeah. Theo Vaughn owns that now. Oh. I don't know if you know <laughs> yeah. that. Legally. So, like, unless they start bringing him along, which would I would pay money for that. Um, now, hold on. What about that feud, though? Oh. T- the path to the rat. The, oh, my God. Honestly, I honestly I believe more in Victor than I do in Connor. So Oh, you mean like how I've booked them in JWF? Yeah, no 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 no, straight up. Cuz Connor I think is just like, "Eh, whatever." Meanwhile, Victor the day of the release tweeted out just the gif of Braveheart. Freedom. Well, don't you remember whenever Connor went down and Victor spent like weeks and weeks like face painting like trying to like get over on like main events yeah. and shit? Like every doing once again everything he could for nothing, and it was yeah. depressing. Like he's gonna go somewhere and be happy. Well, my favorite part about that, I think that was the time when. Um, and speaking of, there are two uh, two people who are currently on thirty day suspension because of drug use. It was Connor and was it Bo? Da- it was Adam Rose. It was Connor and Adam Rose who went down, and so then they just started teaming Victor with members of the Social Outcasts because they're like, fuck it, let's just swap them in. No one will notice. I mean, fuck it. He's They don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. So we talked about ACH. Where, where are we falling now? Because we've got two boys we need to talk about who are going through some mental shit. And I just want to get our, our litmus test right now on ACH and where we feel. Here's Here's the thing. Um, 
if you look at some of the shit that people tweeted at ACH, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to stick around much longer either. Yeah. Yeah, like there's also uh, it also reminded me of the Oh, he um, also he also did provide background on why he hates Jay Lethal. It doesn't excuse him randomly bringing it into it, but like if you if that story actually holds like a weight of truth, I wouldn't like Jay Lethal as much well, either. What was it also House of Truth, not Weight of Truth, but what was the story? It was basically that um Lethal got in his face and I think he hit ACH over using the N-word. Because Lethal didn't like him using it. And, like, there was a whole thing about that, and, like, he got back in Lethal's face. And the office made him apologize to Lethal, but Lethal apparently didn't show any, like, 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 uh, guilt or, like, anything to him. And he's like, ever since then, fuck, fuck Jay Lethal. <laughs> yeah, I could, yeah, uh, I could see that. And, like, on the one hand, I can see that happening. On the other hand, I can't, but, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know anymore. It was the bit where he randomly brought him in, and I was like, I feel like he just unpacked... Like, you ever just carry a lot of shit with you, and then, like, the last thing happens, and you just snap, and, like, you just bring all of it out against one person, yeah. and some people... And then and then, and then then they're just there, like, like, sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dylan, I think you've just hit on how I deal with my anger issues, so yes. I'm terrified yeah. for the day Blake finally just opens that whole Pandora's box against me. It's gonna be a rough one. Yeah. No, no, I'm much better at dealing about it uh, for a long time, so He's you're good. Like, you made me um, drop the fucking title to Baron Corbin, you piece of shit! Fuck you! Hey, but I love everything we do on this show, especially JWF. If I ever reach the point where I do get that mad about something you book, then I'll, my life will be s just horrible. <laughs> it will be so much worse than anything you could imagine about our fun little dumb booking I we do. I thought you were going to be like, it's going to come out in a promo. Like Blake Tanner comes out <laughs> to the ring, then walks up the ramp and is like, Scotty Moore, I want you to pay attention to me as you sit there as uncomfortably as you can. Because I have a lot of things I'd like to say. Sits down cross. Legged. <laughs> yep. I hope you really enjoy that standing desk right now because you're going to be using it a lot. I'd like to think this company um, would be better when Captain Tibbs is dead, but it's just going to get taken over by fucking Chuck and his stupid family. <laughs> um. Now, I will say that, like, over the last week, it's really been brought to light just over comments and especially, um, fucking that incident with Sami Zayn. Uh, just. How shitty wrestling fans can be, especially in WWE. Yeah. Um, we've heard a lot of, of, of course, of the horrible shit that full sale fans will spew. Um, but when, Sammy listen, Zane, when, when Alistair Black is calling you out for shit, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. that when you anger the Dutchman, that's when <laughs> you should start to be afraid. Because Sami Zayn got in a legit like fucking fight with a dude because of the shit he was saying. You can look up that uh, video. My favorite part about it is the fiend is coming out, so you're waiting for him to be like, "Oh no, the fiend!" Instead, he's just staring this one fan down, like, "You better fucking take him out of this arena right now, or I will beat the living shit out of this man." You remember how I used to to super or brainbuster people on the turnbuckle? I'll do that, but on this barricade. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you're about to get it, bud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
uh-huh. fucking wrestling fans. I mean, that, that's the bad thing. Like, on the Fight Boys account, I'll always go through and be like, okay, let's follow a few people, see if they follow back. And then I just get a garbage, a garbage thread on Twitter for a few, and I'm like, I don't need to follow these people, actually. That's when I'm like, I can only follow people who follow, like, RJ City and Effie. Because I'm like, you guys are cool, right? But the rest of them suck. Mm-hmm. But hey, do you know do you know what's worse than uh than bad wrestling fans? Uh have having some like like three hundred pound big man threaten to kill you for the third time in a <laughs> yes. year. So like Joey Janela's life is real rough. Out of uh, nowhere. Also, we did get to just like stand in the vicinity of Janela. Oh yeah, yeah. I believe it's while this was happening. Because fucking uh as we were leaving, I look at Blake and Blake's like, Where do you want to go eat? Barbecue or something like that? I'm like, I don't Blake, no, we have to stop. We have to stop because Janella's right there. Janella's right there. And Janella, who should be doing commentary, is just out smoking a fucking cigarette, staring inside like, ah, fuck this. Can't wait to get back. That's when you just, that's when you just go up. You're like, Nux? You fist bump? I- By the way, anytime uh, like Marco Stunt or, uh, or Logan Stunt or any of them or, or Janella ever do anything, I just remember that awkward breakfast. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just like, man, if, if you had told me that these guys would be doing this shit now, I would have told you that Marco Stunt would be dead because somebody lawn darted him too hard, but I would have believed the rest but, of it. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we don't know if that's not true or not. I mean, I did literally see Marco a few days ago, but, you know, he could just be zombie yeah. Marco. Well, going back to Blake's original crime, what he was trying his best, or was it Dylan, whoever, <laughs> fucking Kaz XL. Yeah. As much as I'm currently wanting to be like, oh, ACH, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been going through a rough few months. Big Cass, I am no longer there. (laughs) Big Cass, I'm like, okay. He he was, though. Right until this moment, he was. I was like, all right, he's getting his help back. He had that thing. He's DDP yoga. We're good. And then it was like, I'll fucking kill you. How you doing? Hey, yeah, at Janella Baby. He brought in his fucking... Hey, at Janella Baby. Say one more word about me and your life will end. Real talk. Hashtag how you doing. He has... And Janella didn't say anything, right? Janella did not... <laughs> no, apro- an apropos of nothing happened before yeah. this. Uh, then he deletes it and then says, It's a work, you morons. Then Janella was like, Uh, but only person you're working is yourself right now. Clown emoji. Don't come at me with threats, then try to cover up your tracks. I would never, ever work with you. Gave you the benefit of the doubt, wished you well, but it turns out you're just a moron. Now, I, I That is, I get... in fact, factually accurate. Yes. Then again, do you know, sometimes Janela gets real weird about how he works on Twitter, so... Yeah, not this weird. <laughs> yeah, not this fucking not, weird. Not this weird. <laughs> Gonna throw that out there. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You never know what the. You never know what's going in on in the mind of the bad boy, Scotty. What's going on in the mind of a bad boy? Um, I will say right now, I would probably message them at first and be like, "Hey, do you want to work something on Twitter, and we could try to figure something out instead of just doing this bullshit?" Uh, do, do you want to do that for for their uh, Conrad before we release this and you bury yeah, him. Yeah, hold on, let's just DM Conrad real quick, and it's just me cutting another promo in the DM on Conrad. 
It's a good thing we know Megaran. Well, hold on. Here's what it is. It's like Colt quit doing Art of Wrestling as often, so now I need another famous wrestling podcaster to go after. So my new rivalry is with Conrad Thompson. We could have feuded with, with like, the Matt Mania dudes and just had a friendly rivalry for, like, the next we year until we saw them. We did that already, and we beat them at StarCast. Yeah. And then, and then you continue. Listen, man, the Okada, the Okada Omega trilogy happened, but like people still wanted more. You can book it better. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> There's, we've still got room to grow. Yeah. We do. You know, you you know what doesn't have have room to grow? Bray Wyatt's personality on television. I really no longer give a I shit. I don't. Uh, and actually, no. I take that back. Creepy, I'm stalking your family, Bray Wyatt, is... If it was a separate gimmick from The Fiend, like if they were in no way, shape, or form related, I would actually like that one more. Yeah. I like I like creepy Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt, fighting you. Yeah, because like because the, I can, the storyline going into this has been the fact that creepy Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt, is very much like... I need to try to keep everything cool or else he's going to attack. And you're not going to like that. I'm the good guy. I am the heel. He is the hurt. And then, for some reason, on last SmackDown, actual Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend, just assaulted The Miz. And I'm like, okay, now now you're kind of losing the plot, WWE. So, well, no, it might be, it's it's the thing that, it's the thing that, like, I'm sorry, you talk. I talk too much on this show. Hey, you're good. Honestly, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I like that. Because this is the broken Bray Wyatt psyche of, to save you, I have to kill you so the Fiend doesn't. Okay. And I'm really fucking into that. It's it's also the thing of, like, like the Miz has has also been a thing of like you know we need to stop we need to stop the fiend we need to stop Bray Wyatt and like i'm i'm pretty sure the storyline is going to be that Bray recognizes the miz as like an agitating threat yeah so it's like a long it's a, like a long blake's thing of he's just like yeah no no he's before you before you hurt everyone the lives of the few for the lives of the many bam <laughs> it's like the reason i showed you that picture of your family is because i'm trying to save them by the way also, who walks into a dimly lit room or a blackout room with one light and doesn't expect to get mugged? Are you fucking <laughs> retarded? People in WWE, man. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to use that word. Are you fucking stupid? Are you just the dumbest person on earth? Do you not learn? Like, do you have, like, a legit learning disability? Because this shit happens, like, on a yearly basis. I'm actually worried about you. Man, I'm loving this transition to more woke Dylan. <laughs> Because he's still as much of an asshole, he just finds better ways to mm -hmm. say it. Oh, there were some early episodes of Fight Boys where I'm like, I'm gonna have to cut that. Now I gotta put that in right there, we're gonna have to hold off on that one. <laughs> so. It was a different culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of back then, back then there was a boy we talked about a little bit too much, and his name's Alberto Del Rio, and I'm hoping this is the last time we ever have to talk about him, because... He did. No, no, no. If he gets knocked the fuck out by Tito Ortiz, you best believe I'm bringing him back. Oh, up. no, no, no. <laughs> Is there a rematch? Because he already did. 
Oh, nice. Because Alberto. <laughs> so this is it, Dylan. Alberto put his W, apparently one of his WWE championships on the line as he fought Tito Ortiz. Tito <laughs> fucking choked him out in the first round and took the title. This is like when Miz put one of, wasn't his old Intercontinental title on the line against uh, Xavier when he was playing Madden and then X just beats him for it. Yeah. <laughs> it was in Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. It was the old white icy title it's belt. It's so good. It's so fucking choice, dude. Is it isn't Tito Ortiz 50? Yes. <laughs> but then again, and he made he made him tap. Yeah, he tapped him out. Tap out or get out. <laughs> tap tap or snap, baby. Tap or snap. Oh, but uh, shit, I never got to I've been setting up all of these fucking these things we could jump off to and we haven't yet because yes a long time ago connor and adam rose did get uh get suspended but now fucking robert rude and primo i want to i want to know these backstage clicks because apparently connor and adam rose hung out a lot and now robert rude and primo did too I'm pretty sure my favorite one was the Primo where I was like, oh, no, Primo's not going to be on TV. <laughs> Which I also, where I was immediately like, oh, no, wait, they're still with the company. Yeah, they're in WCC. Yeah. P or whatever is in. Exactly. Back in their home country. Uh, the, the Robert Rude one, I was just like, yeah, you're right, man. 40-something-year-old jack-to-the-gills Robert Rude. How could that not have been all-natural? That's... Well, I, it does come off of the heels of something that is going to be my heel of the week once we get to it. But, yeah, man, it, it was weird because it's been a while since we've just had a real good suspension. So I'm happy they're bringing that gimmick back. Oh, we had releases, suspension. Apparently there's going to be NXT releases soon, which is going to be hilarious. Because, like, they can only, I'm pretty sure within, like, the next year or so, yeah. the number of people that, like, want to go there are going to decrease. It's... Well, the weird thing for me is the fact that an NXT release is never, like, at least a WWE release, it's like, okay, the Ascension. I remember them, at least. For NXT releases, it's always like, Greg Fitzpatrick was released from his NXT contract today. And you're like, Who? Oh, he worked a house show in 2015 once, but you don't really know about him. We needed the locker space. Yeah, that's the only reason. Oh, man, we they released generic Jimmy. Shit. Uh, unfortunately, in the series of NXT releases, uh, Todd Howard has been released. Wait, the Bethesda guy? Yeah, they've had him on <laughs> payroll for a while, and they finally released him today. Uh, today NXT has released Shawn Michaels from his contract. <laughs> Wait, who? The, the young up-and-comer, uh... Former. Young up-and-comer just wasn't working out. We wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors of, uh, of, of making horrible, horrible, uh, parody Avengers movies. Yeah. He, um, apparently he only worked a couple of house shows in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. NXT. And the matches were just shit tier. NXT has come to the uh, come to terms on the release of uh, Paul Levesque. We wish Mr. Levesque all the best in his future endeavors. Uh, replacing him as head booker of NXT is it says here Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So uh oh, hope you guys are getting oh, ready no. for NXT to go downhill. I would, I would get I would get fired from NXT 
because I would draft that 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 note on April Fool's Day and tweet it yeah. out, and they would immediately fire me within 38 hours. Not even 36, 38. I'll give them the extra two to laugh. At least uh, Kayfabe News would pick you up real quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They'd get you right there. But you know who we love to pick up? Phrasing? <laughs> Yeah. New patrons at uh, patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can go and support the Fight Boys, support a load of BS, support the entire network, and you are on the ground floor right now. I feel like I'm doing a fucking TED Talk of something that is going to be an amazing thing because in 2020, it's basically about to become the BS version of Netflix because we are not only going to have me and Blake show you paid for this, we're going to have Wrestling History X where each of us pick some of our favorite topics in the history of pro wrestling and talk about it for a few. So I'm going to be doing an episode on the Summer of Punk. Dylan's got an episode coming up where he's talking about Kenny Omega's junior run. Blake will do something eventually. and in- I told you what I was going to do, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> and in order to get it, you can... At patreon.com slash a load of BS. In addition to getting shouted out on the show of your choice every single week like that absolute asshole Ghazi. So dethrone. Who, who we do, who we, who we do appreciate because he dropped all his other page, uh, Patreon subscriptions except us. <laughs> yes, that's, that's what I wanted to bring up. He did tell us that he dropped everything but us. So we do love you, Ghazi, even though Dylan is not going to be seen in the same room with you. <laughs> Wait, what if they are the same person? That's why Dylan doesn't want to see him. He's like, oh, no, 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 that's actually me. I'm like, it's a real... Um, but because we've met actual Gazi. No, that was a plant. That was a fake that Dylan sent in his stead. That was absolutely not. There is no way you can fake that Gazi energy. <laughs> and if- He's got a knife! <laughs> that guy's got a knife! <laughs> And if you want to try to dethrone the Patreon champion, Gazi, you can at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, not Conrad. That's the only rule I'm giving you this week, Dylan. Who are we tweeting that's not Conrad Thompson? Uh, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're tweeting the Dark Order. We're pledging allegiance to them. What? No! And that... Yeah. Too bad. Uh, hey, at Evil Uno. Uh, we would like to pledge our podcast to uh, to the Dark Order. We would like to start winning now, please. <laughs> Hashtag join the Dark Order. Ah, uh, damn it. <laughs> That's very good, actually. I tried to do it on my own. He didn't respond to me. It was probably because I, my tweet was, so is there paperwork to join or do you just pledge loyalty? Because <laughs> I really wanted to join. I would have bought the shirt and everything. Yeah. I still might. They changed their logo. I like their old one more. I, I think I like this new one. This new one's actually a little bit better for me. Yeah, I like the one where it was like, just as the moon follows the sun, so will the the reign of the Dark Order. And I was like, that's really cool. But now they have like this weird like Cthulhu-esque one. I'm just like, all right, sure. Also, Fucking promos are dank, though. Also, do we have any early predictions on who's joining them? Because at the end of Being the Elite, someone did grab one of the tabs. I don't think Nakazawa. They made that one too obvious, but... Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian wouldn't be bad. Um, A lot of... No, no, he's obsessed with destroying the elite. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That, and then a lot of people are saying Hangman, which, I mean, would be a weird fit, 
Maybe. Because he's winning still. He's winning, but, I mean, the storyline, at least on being the elite, because he doesn't get a lot of time on AEW TV, is him being like, I, I'm leaving you guys because I want to start winning. I, I need to recover who I am. And I don't know, the Dark Order promos have been kind of leading towards, like, do you feel like you lose a lot? Have you lost all of your friends? <laughs> Boom. I know, but then that feels like such a downgrade for Hangman. Yeah. Like becoming a minion? Yeah, I could see that. Now, what about... No, because it, this would be a downgrade for him, too. A debut for Marty, but Marty would become the leader of the Dark Order. Uh, oh, oh, uh, Peter. Peter, oh shit, Peter Avalon? Fuck yes, yeah. I'm down with that. Leader of the Dark Order. Because he's already tired of the, the fucking, like, librarian gimmick. He's owing everything. Yeah. And it's like he's the, he knows he's the one no one likes of the librarians. Because Leva could continue that on ad nauseum, and people would be like, yeah, this is fine. She's just kind of like this adorable nerdy girl who comes out and reads books. With, with like, like just comes out in booty shorts every week. Like, we'll, we'll tolerate that. <laughs> she's, qu- she's quirky. Hey, hey, Blake, you remember what you were saying about woke Dylan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, well, just wait till he starts talking about the Kabuki Warriors. Um, I can't, remember? I, we Legally. I want to. I want to so badly. You have no idea how much I how much I want to talk about how great they were this week. I like that you I like to think that you have a novella written for when awards time comes around and when you're just ready to stab us both in the heart. You know you oh, hold on, Dylan. I'm gonna wait till Mania. Hold on, Dylan, you know you can still talk about them. It's not like we can't in the opening segment talk about the kabuki world. There was nowhere to add that. <laughs> there was nowhere to add that. We there didn't even get to add, that hall. There was nowhere to add, like, hey, listen, a lot of shitty things happened, but fucking Kyrie Sane hit a hit an insane elbow through a table on Becky to the outside. The Kabuki Warriors cut another, like, weird, crazy Japanese women promo on WWE's Twitter, and it was the it made me happier than anything else in wrestling this week. <laughs> my my favorite was Charlotte got beat up by the or who, Becky got beat up first, right? So Becky yeah, got- Becky did, and then they beat up Charlotte, and then they're like, so you want to get together to team up to to dethrone these actual legitimate tag team champions because, like, we don't have anything else for Charlotte to do, and she can't feel disrespected because she's a flair. Yeah, well, no, no, my favorite is Becky's backstage, she's beat up, Charlotte just kind of looks at her, Charlotte leaves, then Charlotte gets beat up, then a cut to Becky again, and Charlotte just goes in and sits next to her like... Well, <laughs> that sucked. They're both like, so you want to just do this, I guess? Yeah. Yup. And Becky Becky said what every fan thought, which is, if it means I get to fight Oscar, yeah, let's do this, I guess. So I, um, I want the Kabuki Warriors to win so badly so I can have that rematch at at Rumble between Asuka and Becky, one-on-one. Well, let's, hold on, then let's get into it then, because we do have a few matches for TLC already announced, and we'll just oh, wait, start... When's, when's it, when is it, is it, it's the 22nd or something? It's, no, it's this Sunday, it's coming up. Oh, uh, oh, okay, you didn't have predictions on the thing, did you? Yeah, I do. Oh, I did, oh shit, I wasn't <laughs> even paying attention, that's, that's on me. Well, 
Kabuki. I picked the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, they're my Bray Wyatt women's pick. Well, I was gonna say Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. No, Kabuki Warriors. They win that one. They come out. They win yeah. it. They win it straight up. Okay, let's start with Kabuki Warriors versus Becky and Charlotte. Does anyone in any world think that it's not Kabuki Warriors? Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. They're foreshadowing, like, real hard because they got beat down, like, right beforehand, and it's, the like, two former champions. Like, no, 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 they're going to, like, they're going to have the same thing where Kyrie goes through the elbow, through the table, they roll out of the way, then they, like, scamper up the left. That's probably what's going to happen. But I choose the Kabuki Warriors because they're the last thing I like other than Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I, I pick Kabuki Warriors, too. Um, Actually, no, my favorite thing is Akira Tozawa coming out and getting the shit kicked out of him every week, and WWE not even trying to hide it. Like, on their Twitter account, they're like, yeah, it's happening again, ain't it? <laughs> He's just getting beat up. Uh, I hope y'all are ready for this. Um, Yeah, no, I'm, I'm willing to go with the Kabuki Warriors on this yeah. one. Uh, Rusev versus Bobby Lashley in a match that's not going to end this as much as it needs to, but it's a tables match. R- Rusev. 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 Because- sure, Rusev. Not be- just because, like, it's gone on so long that if Bobby wins, it might be a turning point for most fans. Even fans who are, like, lukewarm on the product and don't care. Like, I feel like if th- they need... If this rivalry... It's still a really high-rated segment every week, because I think half the people want to watch it because of the stupid soap opera drama, and the other half want to see what train wreck they'll do. uh, Dude, I rewound to watch that whole divorce segment, because I'm like, I have to see how bad they fuck it up. Like, because you can hear Lana when she knows her lines... And it's just, like, speaking normally. And then you can hear when she's stuttering and is not sure of herself. And that's the moments when I'm like, I gotta see this whole thing. I gotta see this fucking play out. Rusev showed up in a blazer and a Donald Duck t-shirt to his divorce hearing. And, like, the big dick energy just radiated through the arena. Um, So, yeah, I think if this does evolve into, like, a three-match thing, Rusev needs to get the big pop to start things off. And then Bobby and Lana can complain after it for some reason um bray versus the miz and it i don't think anyone said it's the fiend so we may just no get it's it's, bray. it's no that's why it's a non-title match yeah um which is why even so i'm saying that bray wins because mr rogers is gonna get the win yes uh bray's winning after the newest member of the firefly funhouse good bald daniel comes out and good bald daniel is gonna beat up the miz for him yeah but ba- old bald danny old, the uh obd old bald danny <laughs> not to be confused with odb yes uh dylan should it surprise anyone at home that you pick bray wyatt too no okay uh out now, this one has potential as a match of the night candidate. Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. Singles match, uh, no stipulation, but still. Alistair Black. I, no, yeah, I'm going with Black, too. Oh, this one's actually... Do it, dude. I, this you, is hard you for you, isn't it? You have a six-point lead. Just do it. Fuck it, Buddy Murphy. Fuck yeah, Ginger Crew represent. Ginger Crew representing, baby. There is... I don't think there's been a time where Dylan has antagonistically, like, told me to pick something where I haven't won, so now I'm actually terrified. (laughs) 
I mean, it, Alistair's already there. He don't need anything. And this is the most Dylan argument because I'm actually making logical points. Buddy needs something to put him up a little bit further on the card. And this would be where it happens. And that's... Is it a big surprise for you when you make logical points yes. now? <laughs> the, here's, the, here's, here's my uh, logical counter argument. Um, he's, uh, he's 205. This is as high as he's getting. Is 205 still a thing? Because isn't NXT... The wrestlers from it are. I don't know if you've noticed, but none of them are doing well. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, The New Day versus The Revival, which, by the way, once again, New Day really cranked it out on the podcast this week, and the whole time, Big E's just teasing when he would turn. (laughs) so good because he's just uh, like yeah i'm gonna turn on y'all and then i'm gonna get cedric in the street profits and we're gonna come for y'all the million <laughs> man and we're gonna be the cause <laughs> the cause and we're gonna destroy you i'm gonna i'm gonna go the revival just because i feel like they only gave the new day the titles for that triple threat so there so it wouldn't be almost all heels i think this is a hard one for me because they they got a lot of stock in the New Day still, yeah. and I love the New Day. So I really think they're gonna try to like push E to like an IC run or something like moving forward. Like they gave Kofi his moment in the sun. Woods is gone. Like they've done nothing for Big E this whole time. It's gonna be after he turns and he gets Cedric and Titus, and they gonna be the cause. No, they never wanted Titus. Don't you remember? It's like he's our friend, but no. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you go for it. Like go for it. Come on. What's the worst I can do? Um, no, I, I'm well. New day is New day is the hill that I die on usually. So yeah. I'll die hey, on it. I'm with you. I'm up there on the hill next to you. I'm holding your hand. There's a sh- uh, there's a faint faint light around us. A glowing light. Oh. So we're just going with the uh, with that fallacy there, where you just like are sinking in with the with the prisoners dilemma, <laughs> huh? Yes, and then finally, um, fuck Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. God, let it end. Wait, wait, is there? There's no intercontinental title match on this card. Um, I mean, SmackDown still hasn't happened. This is just what's happened okay. right now. Oh, we're gonna set up this title match. For our second biggest, no, for our our current, our biggest title, because Brock Lesnar isn't here, and we're not going to set up a program for that. That would be too much motherfucking effort, even after we got a new belt that we are like, we're like, ooh, look at this. Burder, dirter, dirter, dirter. I hope, I hope Baron Corbin gets pushed off onto you remember like a like years ago i think it was in like one of the tls like the first tlc matches where there was like the six like six tables that were set up and i think fucking jeff hardy and like uh bubba ray went through them oh are you talking about uh x7 wasn't that when it was yeah the x7 one i hope baron corbin goes through one of those but by himself I am hoping that this will be the sleeper hit that the Ziggler Harper match yeah. was from TLC a few years back. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan just casually nodding his head. No, it's not. It's really not though. <laughs> I I just want it to be because that wasn't really about technical wrestling. That was just about two motherfuckers killing each other. Right. Here's the thing. Um, both of those wrestlers were better than Baron Corbin. Yeah. 
And here's the thing. I don't hate Baron. Because for a normal wrestling fan, Baron is a great heel. He is a bad guy who does bad things to good people. We're just smart and are like, no, 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 they need to be nuanced like Sami Zayn or have good reasonings for the turn like Seth Rollins. Like, it's that. But for who he is and for what they need as a top heel, Baron Corbin's got it. That being said, Roman Reigns is kicking his ass because, as I stated in our group chat, oh my god, Roman Reigns deserves better than getting dog food dumped on him on national... And having to be in a TLC match with no title? What are they... I'm gonna grab this piece of paper. Jeez, I fucking hate those matches. Well, no, 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 no. This is the this is the slow burn to getting everybody loving Roman again. That's Here, all this no, is. No, because I Here's fucking already do. Everyone loves Roman. Oh, also, uh, speaking of people being a dick, uh, Austin Aries had like a two-hour interview. Oh no, this last week. Oh no, no, no. Actually, so like, here's the thing: Austin Aries is still a dick. But everything he talked about was reasonable, well laid out, well thought of. The whole, like, impact, no-sell thing was actually, like, oh, it was a worked shoot thing that, like, the the end of it never happened because of contract disputes. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's, he's, still, a, he's still a dick, yeah. but he's aware he's a dick. It's kind of like me, except not as like except worse. He's way worse than me. But it's that thing where you're just like, oh, okay, this is this is who I am. Like, well, by the way, talked about being a vegan within the first two of minutes. Of course he did. Well, speaking of people who are dicks, let's just get in to our heels of the week. Oh, hold on, real quick. I just want to let you know that Gazi did tell me that he filed a trademark for Gazi. <laughs> So that's going to be his name now. Okay. So, Dylan, you're good. No, no, until he legally goes to the state don't, government and changes his name. Don't Ultimate Warrior, our biggest patron, for the love of God. So, I already teased mine, so let my heel of the week is a man who I'm now dubbing Enzo the Snitch Amore. Because I'm sure he didn't think he was snitching on the WWE locker room, but when you go on to one of the biggest wrestling podcasts and they're like, you know, have those guys fucking smoke tons of weed. Weed, CBD, it's all there. It kind of sets off a few alarms of things you probably shouldn't be doing, Enzo. And the fact that a few days later... Bobby Roode and Primo get popped for wellness violations? That's a little quinkadink, ain't it? I mean, I... Interesting. Here's the thing is, he's dumb enough. I'm pretty sure he thought that since it's legal in multiple states now, he could just do that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that most people don't realize is, like, it could be legal in your state to do it recreationally, but, like, the company that you fucking work for, they set their own policies, man. Yeah. Maybe don't tell everybody, including higher ups at WWE, who definitely listen to that show, that you people are smoking weed. Also, I love the fact that he put CBD in all that because it's just like, you know, that doesn't like show yeah. up or fuck you up or anything. I right? would have loved if two days later half of our roster has been suspended for wellness violations. But it's like. And also Matt Riddle. We, <laughs> we knew we didn't even we didn't even like try. He just like showed up. He's like, I know the drill, and dropped off some piss test. 
<laughs> he said, I'm just going to go home now, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I think they did it the best way they could, which is they picked a relatively big name, which would be Robert Roode. I mean, he was in the Baron-Roman rivalry, which is a big deal. And then also Primo. So they were like, okay, let's take out a big name to let him know we're not, we're not fucking around right now. And also, I don't know, Primo, I guess. <laughs> I think that was also their excuse for, like, the releases. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, they were probably doing it, too. It's fine. I mean, if you were the Ascension, what the fuck else do you have going on? Like, you might as well talk about it. I want to fucking smoke weed with Victor. Do you think Do you think the Ascension will stay as a tag team in the Indies? Or no. that they'll go their own separate ways? They'll go their own separate yeah, ways. Yeah, because Victor was already... A, he was a relatively known name on the Indies, I believe, before he joined. He... he he, he's, I mean, he's a, he's a, one of the last, like, graduates from the Heart Dungeon. Yeah, so he, he could get, get in anywhere really, really good. It's just, he'll, he'll probably show up in MLW almost immediately. Yeah, I could see like, that. Like, hook up with, hook up with, like, uh, oh, with, like, Brian Pillman Jr. Ooh, and Davey Boy Smith. That's good. Now, Dylan, before we get into your heel, because I think that's going to be a trip. Can we do mine? We've already discussed yours a little bit, but yeah, go on. Yeah. So, I found out the one thing that will make me not enjoy a live wrestling show, which is my favorite thing about wrestling, going to see a live show. Yeah. Because a live show is probably the most perfect way to see wrestling. It's pure adrenaline and chaos, yes. And the only way to do that is after I've been drinking whiskey all day, because I was sober when we started seeing this GCW show. Um, but man, by the time I got there, I was like, I've already spent most of my day doing something. I don't want to be here as much as I thought I would. And that sucks because the matches that I saw were good. Oh, apparently, according to Twitter, fucking show of the year. One of the best shows they'd ever put on. I mean, the Orange Cassidy match was enough that I was like, man, this is a really good match. I saw some hardcore matches. They... At GCW, my one thing is they do a lot of multi-man matches, which is great because you get to see a lot of, like, great spots. But it's still just kind of like, oh, now these guys are doing something. Now another guy's doing something. Okay, that's Like, fine. I just, I want to cool. ask, I vaguely remember this. There was one match, I think it was Matthew Justice and a few others. Was there a moment where I just broke away from you and ran into the crowd as close to the action as I could and just started, like, screaming, like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Um, no, yes, there definitely was, because you did that, and I'm like, I'm just gonna stay here, because I'm kind of, like, enjoying the match, but I'm not really... I was faking it till I made it with a lot of that, because we went to... Three separate distilleries and tried three separate uh, tasting sessions. One was twice. So, you know, I was just kind of done at that point. I'd come back to my baseline and I was just ready to go home because it was a three hour drive. And I will also say, 
a secondary heel of the week goes to the seating at GCW because we bought seats. We bought actual seats in like the third row. We had no fucking clue how to get to them because they were up on a stage and you'd think there would be stairs to walk up the stage. There wasn't. Well, there are because the uh, the Basement East is normally a music venue. So to get to our seats in the middle of this fucking wrestling show, we would have to go backstage, yes. which is real fucking weird, huh? Yeah, so I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm just going to stay on the ground. But yeah, it was a great show. Um, I enjoyed it for like the first half, and then I was some fucking, fucking big guy from fucking Alabama big leagued me, and I got very you, upset. That literally happened as halftime was happening. So like right at the intermission. Yeah. Like, you went up to talk to Conrad, and that was it. Like, I did not see you until you sent me that message. Yes! I was. I went outside, I looked like, you know the Macho Man Randy Savage picture where he's just kind of pent up staring well, at where, the sunset? Where, where he's on the dock and he's looking out at the ocean? Yeah, that yeah. was me outside for a few, and then I went, let's go see what's going on now. Walked in, saw Marco Stunt get thrown through a door, spent some time with some GCW guys, then went, you want to get food? And that was the end of the show. Marco Stunt did not get thrown through a no, door. No, it was Logan. He was uh, Marco was on commentary. The, the better looking Stunt got thrown through. Yeah, you ain't wrong, but I feel mean saying that. So I mean, Marco said it, so I can say whatever the fuck <laughs> I want. So Dylan, I'm very curious about your heel of the week because this is almost a heel turn for Dylan himself. Oh, also, a great moment though. I did get to spend some quality time with the Stunt family dog. <laughs> He had a cute-ass Who dog. they brought to the show, which was great. Neat. Okay, so, recently, in the last week, week and a half, there's been a serious discussion uh, on Twitter, on, on Reddit, about the fragmented nature of storylines in AEW. Uh, that largely being that if you need to know everything, you have to be subscribed to two YouTube shows and TNT. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you have to watch Being the Elite, you have to watch Dark, you have to watch uh, Dynamite. Now, if you watch Dark, they tell you what the fuck happened last week on Dynamite, but I get the feeling that if you watch Dynamite, they don't give a fuck about the other two. No, not and at Cody all. Cody came out and he tweeted, he's like, if you watch Dynamite, you get everything you need on Dynamite. And everybody was like, that is blatantly false. Yes. And you're not even trying. And like... As much of a just a, a, a hardcore like AEW fan as I am, uh, that New Japan. Also, shout out New Japan's come to Tampa, motherfuckers. <laughs> so and Nashville, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be lit. Gonna be. I'm spending so much money on wrestling next year. It's fucking stupid. We're gonna we're gonna break the we're gonna break it. Um, but yeah, no, it's like I'm I'm going to the Jacksonville show at that same theater that I fucking hated. Six months ago, I'm going, I'm, I haven't learned a lesson. Yeah. Uh, and I, like, even I recognize, like, listen, I'm, this is not, this isn't the best way for this to be happening. Like, I can understand why people wouldn't like this. Like, they need to better integrate it. They need to better, like, mention what's going on and be like, hey, if you guys want, like, even more whatever and, like, link it. 
Or have, like, being the elite and everything on one YouTube channel, which people have been calling for for months now. Yeah. Like, they've been like, dude, you can't have the all elite, you can't have the nightmare family, you can't have being the elite all as separate channels. We need to get all, you can have them as different tabs. Yeah. Different subsections, but you need to have all of this in one fucking, and they just, they refuse. They refuse to do it. And it's going to bite them in the ass. Which I find strange because AEW has been so accommodating, like, so far. For everything that happened after the company was founded. I wonder if it's... A- everything that was beforehand, which is what being the Elite and Nightmare family are, they refuse to compromise. I wonder if it's a TNT thing, not an AEW thing, though. I wonder if it's TNT being like, this is our channel, so you can only put on the stuff that's specifically... Then, then combine the Nightmare Family one with being the, like, combine the other two. That makes me wonder, like, especially because, um, what fucking commercial is it that TNT's playing now that Meltzer absolutely hated? Oh, it's the one where they're like, they actually call out NXT and shit. It's a little rough, I don't know, yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so, it's like, TNT. Y- you know, that's where we're starting to run into some kinks with the network versus the company yeah well but uh yeah that's so that's 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 my heel of the week like they're not they're not going as good as they can i'm all but another heel is also Meltzer and wrestling fans who are just like i this company is doing it's like wwe light they're doing all these things i was like you you don't seem to understand um that was their goal they weren't trying to be like New Japan US, largely because they probably they knew that New Japan US is coming, uh, and they're not going to be like NXT because they knew NXT was there. But they knew that everyone complains about Raw and SmackDown every week being the way Raw and SmackDown are, and they're like, "What if we did that, but without the shitty parts?" And like they've been kind of just trial running it for about three months now, and they're like, "It some of it works, some of it doesn't." The worst parts of AEW are nowhere near the worst parts of Raw and SmackDown by a fucking, like, like whole continent. But I swear to God, if you were on social media, you would you would believe that, like, they were. And that's horseshit. Yeah. Well, let's, because we're uh, already... Hold on. Oh, before we get into baby phases, I do need to call out our boy Ghazi again, because he has said in the chat that he's planned on changing his name for a few years now, so Dylan isn't Ultimate Warrioring him. He's just doing it himself. Okay. <laughs> well, n- don't work your don't work yourself into a shoot, brother, brother. Well, now uh, since we talked about how bad AEW is, I do want to talk about one of my favorite things of all time, and it involves last week's AEW, and it's Dustin Fucking Rhodes. The man is a sociopath. It's always I always forget how good Dustin is until Dustin comes out for a match because I was like. Okay, I guess the Bucks and Dustin will be good. Dustin will come in, get a good, get few good spots, and then the Bucks will take care of the rest. No! Then he did a Canadian Destroyer, motherfucker! Did a Canadian Destroyer, and my favorite is when the Young Bucks are experts at coming up with triple team moves, because it was like, it was like, uh, fucking Canadian Destroyer, then pick up, uh, I can't remember who was laying down, but essentially it became a double Meltzer driver into a Centon to finish the match. Yeah, it- it was a double indie taker into a sentence. It was fucking astounding that match. It was also a uh, 
an early onset Alzheimer's slash shattered dreams. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. So yeah, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes is my baby face of this week because I always forget he's probably one of the best wrestlers in the world until he comes out to the ring and is like, oh hey, uh, sure you forgot about this, but let me fucking blow your mind for a few seconds. It's he like, had that great. He had that great outfit. Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, you remember I'm a great wrestler, right? I'm old as shit comparatively, but I'm still so fucking good. And the fucking spot where he gets in the ring, he hits like two scoop slams, and then just does the the fake out. <sighs> I'm so fucking tired. Scoop slams another dude. People were complaining about that one. I I didn't understand. Neither do I. Like I. I will never not mark out for a Dustin Rhodes scoop slam. Yeah. Like, that is something... That is one of the things that he does perfectly. The, uh... Like... Also, I will say, one of my favorite things is when... When AEW botches, they'll tell you about it. Because my favorite part from the fucking Cody promo before Bunny Butcher and Blade attacked... And I know this is going back a little while. is when he's talking about MJF, and he goes... Apparently he's using the crossroads now, so that's good that they're botching it on two separate channels now. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you for acknowledging that. Yep. Oh, also, uh, the weird thing. So after the, uh, um, I don't even know what you, you want to call it, Gold Bucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good <laughs> one. Uh, there was a recent discussion about the best trio involving the Young Bucks because they're fucking chameleons of working with literally every single person. Yeah. Uh, do y'all do, do all have a favorite? We can just have this slide. Um, firstly, I do want to think – I want to change the name of this segment to Oh Also because every time I'm like, okay, what's your ba- – Oh Also? Also this. Um, no, mine's AJ. I love the Bucks when they worked with AJ. Like, they had that match. It, it was, was uh, I think it was Cedric, ACH, and Matt Seidel. And they just ended it by murdering them. No, they, they murdered Matt Seidel in what had to, what, what was like a chain combo finish in Street Fighter. Yes. Like, it was f- flaw, like, 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 or Mortal Kombat, because it, it just should have ended with flawless victory, fatality. Yeah, that was. That that was always a really good one because like I'm always I'm always on the fence because like Kenny and the Bucks like all their personalities are just they they meld so well together and like like there's so many good ones like like Paige and the Bucks like hung the hung Bucks which they even commented that like how did we get away with that on on television that shouldn't have shouldn't have made it past anywhere um like them and Cole always good but them and AJ like when they came out it was like you're fucked yeah. it's, it's over you have you have 0.00% chance of winning this match and like and like they like no other no other trio they do has that same kind of like like final boss feel yeah and and my favorite is still like the spots from that King of Trios that they were in that one year. Like, oh, like yeah. fucking AJ the f- damn lucha ropes. <laughs> <laughs> fucking first night AJ tries for the phenomenal forearm, misses it, and then a second night whiffs it again. Third night you just see AJ get on the top rope and just struggle for a few seconds before nailing it. It's so good. And I'm falling asleep, so I'm gonna get to my baby face. Yes. Um, and that is the truth, master. CM fucking Punk. Yeah. Because every time he's on backstage, like, it doesn't matter if you watch it or if you just see the clips afterwards, 
He is spitting that fucking fire that he is known for so well, and he is telling you everything that he thinks to the T, and he doesn't give a shit about repercussions, because he doesn't have them. I mean, he had a good good few ones today, and we've already talked about it a little bit, but I mean, like, him just coming out and being like, Seth Rollins is terrible at being a good guy. And then like he was talking about um talking about the fucking section where they um where they dumped dog food on Ro- Roman and he was like I know a lot of people thought I was going to hate this but Baron's job is to do bad things to good people and that's what he did. So I mean like it's him analyzing everything perfectly is so good. And the, like tonight they were talking about the Finn Balor AJ match from TLC when it was supposed to be it was Bravers. It was the Sister Abigail build up that never came and he was talking about that and he goes you know what? That too sweet in the end. The only thing that would have made it better if they just started kissing. Just wanted to see <laughs> him start kissing in the middle of the ring. Uh, I love that. Uh, my baby face of the week is uh, our, our good friend, uh, Sexy Chucky T. Yeah. On uh, AEW Dark Commentary. They had one match where it was Britt Baker for like the Jurassic Express one, which also had a great, great uh, line of, of uh, fucking uh, Excalibur being like, oh, so like your your boyfriend. And Britt Baker was like, my boyfriend. We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah like uh apparently when they were off tv they cut to a spot when nyla rose was just annihilating people in the ring and it cut oh yeah the brit baker it cut to brit in the crowd and excalibur goes that's brit baker that's adam cole's girlfriend it was very good i love adam i love i love excalibur so much i love adam cole too yeah baby. uh but no Chuck Taylor, like the first time he did commentary, it was it was kind of okay. You could see it was, this time it was it was like you were back in in PWG, man. Oh, good. Like it was some good stuff. Uh, Peter Avalon and Leva Bates uh, like messed something up, and then he was like, "I guess you could say the librarians weren't on the same page." Have you have you guys used that one before? I'm the best commentator in this company. <laughs> <laughs> The year was 1969. The U.S. was in a race to the moon against the USSR. What they didn't expect, however, was to find their real enemies not waiting in Russia, but instead on the very moon they were aiming for. Fifty years later and our world is still at siege from enemies beyond our stars. And that's where the space marines come into play. And let me tell you something, I'm one of the best. The name's Dane Armstrong, the world's greatest space marine, and the man who's come to save your asses. Not really. Join the BS Network as they head straight into the stars for Deviant, an audio drama featuring action, adventure, space piracy, and karaoke? Board and fly with us into the stars every other Sunday on this Deviant. So, boys, we've talked WWE, we've talked AEW, we've talked 
TLC that's probably going to be an absolute garbage fire. But now I want to talk about a pay-per-view I'm excited to see, which is JWF Barcade. It's coming this Sunday live to your YouTube feeds. And in order to see what's, what all's happening, we got to turn things over to Captain Tibbs and Silver Spoon for another episode of JWF Monday Night War. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by a man who's going to be heading to the barcade this Sunday. It's Captain Tibbs. Yeah, Sil, still don't know what barcade is. Well, Tibbs, it is the next great JWF pay-per-view coming up. This Sunday, we've already got some amazing matches announced. We are going to see our champion, Momoa Curry, take on not just one member of the Rat Sension, but both of them in a triple threat. But, Tibbs, I got to tell you something. The Rat Sension, they've been so broken apart lately. I I think this might be easy pickings for Curry. What do you think? Well, yeah, yeah, Sills, this is... You know how in ancient Rome they would put gladiators... Just kind of strip them down, let the lions kind of eat them, kind of eat at them, right? That's what that's what we're doing, right? Uh, well, t- I mean, they ain't had a good week, Tibbs. The old rat sentient. I heard they got fired from their day job, and I, I I don't know if this is the best thing for them to go ahead. But in addition, send those rats to the lion, baby. But in addition to that, Tibbs. We are going to see the Dynasty, the team of Scotty Moore and the Dylan, a man who we've never really seen team up with Scotty in the past, take on the JWF Tag Team Champions, the VWO. And you got to think the Dynasty, they've got one hell of a vendetta after they were embarrassed getting beaten by the VWO at the Los Trios Tangos pay-per-view only just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so that probably pissing their pants, honestly, after the VWO trounced them like that. I, I gotta say, it was a wonderful sight to see, but I, this is just utterly horrible planning on part of the dynasty. Scotty Moore, the Dylan, never really seen eye to eye as much as you could think, and they're teaming up for the first time, really, trying to get Tag team titles, ah, it's just not going to work out, really. That's right, Tibbs, and the VWO are in our ring right now, and I think they've got a message for the Dynasty. So let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are this close, this close to having the Dynasty off of our backs and out of the JWF for good, just like we were a few years ago. Out of the JWF tag title scene, out, period, 100%. You see, those three men that have dominated this industry held down every good wrestler that deserved an opportunity has claimed everything for themselves, but now, now the VWO are going to do what's needed to be done for a very long time. We're going to revitalize this entire company. And show people exactly what the JWF is made of. And that is competition. That's men who have scratched and clawed all the way to the top. Oh, oh, Tibbs. Tibbs is the music of the dynasty. But of course, it looks like they are one man down. Blake Tanner, of course, losing his match last week against the Hammerman. And unfortunately, that means that only the only men out here right now are Scotty Moore and the Dylan. But they do not look happy about what Griffin Clouds is saying. What do you think? 
Jesus Christ, won't you people ever shut up about this? The Dynasty, they hold down the rest of the roster. The Dynasty, they don't deserve their spot. They bury good talent. You see, the truth of the matter is, the Dynasty, we're not bad guys. We know what's best for the JWF. We stand united to make this place the best it can ever be. And what's best is the Dynasty standing firmly on top. I mean, I'll be honest, if we felt like there was someone worthy of taking our spot, if we'd give it to him, but we've looked that locker room up and down, scraped and clawed to the very bottom of that barrel, and we've realized something very important, that not a single one of you losers are worth even lacing our boots. And you know what? How about this? Why don't we prove it? this Sunday, because you know what? You're already putting those tag titles on the line, so why not the captain title too? Come on, why don't you add that to it? Yes, if you'll put it on the line against me, the newest member of the dynasty, Felix the Wrecking Ball. Wait, what? wait, we did not discuss No, 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 no that he is not part of the dynasty. The new member of the dynasty. Jesus Christ. Will you fuck off? And on my quest to destroy Captain Tibbs' life, I'm gonna start with the two things he loves the most. The JWF Captain's Championship named for himself and the Hammer Man. You see, I'm gonna rip you limb from limb. I'm gonna break your arm off. Power bomb you into them. Look! You don't have to give me all the foreplay. Let's do it. I'm more than willing to take your head off and deliver it to Captain Tibbs on a pike. Because there's a big difference between you three down there and us three in the ring. You see, you three need these titles to be considered great. But us, we're exactly what makes these titles great. We have the talent. We have the charisma, and we have exactly what it takes to kick you guys back down to the bottom of that barrel where you belong. Well, Tim, strong words there from the Hammerman and the entire VWO. It looks like we have got our third match set for this Sunday as the Hammerman is going to be taking on a man you know all too well, Felix the Wrecking Ball. Well, I... That's a surprise. That's honestly the most... I don't know what the hell's going on in my company anymore, Sills. Okay. All right. If we're going to have to do this bucking match, it's going to be Felix Ball in the Dynasty versus the VWO, and there's got to be something. This is just not going to be a three-on-three. -three. Fuck it. The winner gets to pick the stipulation. What? Tibbs, do we have a main event match? Did you just set it? Yeah, that's it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, just announced by Captain Tibbs in just a sh few short minutes, those men, the Dynasty and Felix Ball, are going to be facing off against the VWO, and the winner gets to choose the stipulation for their matches this Sunday at Barcade. It's an absolutely amazing main event, but Tibbs, i got to ask you something. 
How do you think Blake Tanner feels in all of this? I mean, last week, Blake Tanner was defeated by the Hammer Man. And now Blake Tanner, I guess he's went home. The Dynasty has sent him home to basically get get his brain together. And you got to imagine what it's like to be Blake Tanner at home now seeing your Dynasty teammates teaming up with Felix Ball. It's ridiculous. Well, Sills, they've already sent him home. That's that's just par for the course for how Blake Tanner's going to feel. I don't know if there's anything more than I can add to that insult and injury that the Dynasty has put on. That's right, Tibbs. And, I mean, uh, you got to think Blake Tanner, a former JWF champion, he will not take lightly to being disrespected like this. And speaking of JWF champions, I'm going to talk about our JWF world heavyweight champion, the man known as the god of the JWF, Momoa Curry, who this Sunday, as we stated earlier, he's got... A match. I don't know if I... He's going to murder some boys. It's going to be a massacre. I'm going to love it, Sills. That's right. As he takes on both Connor and Victor of the Rat Sension men who haven't been exactly seeing eye to eye as of late. Of course, Connor winning the uh, International Waters ladder match to earn this spot. But then Victor, Victor, ever since seeing Connor climb that ladder, he has retaliated against his tag team partner and against the JWF champion, leading to this triple threat match. And Tibbs, I got to know, what do you think is going on in the head of Victor right now? Well, I think that Victor's going a little stir crazy, as it were. You know, that, that, the OG rat boys, he likes to be called Connor, the uh, the butter fanatic in some circles. I, I think that Victor's just sick of his shit, really. That's right, Tibbs. But, I mean, in all honesty, the one man who's been the most silent during all of this is our champion himself, which is why we've sent one of our top interviewers backstage to talk to Momoa Curry ahead of his match this Sunday. Let's have a listen. <coughs> Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Honey Pot Nick, completely overconfident here, and I'm with a man known as Momoa Curry, the god of the JWF. Now, Momoa, by the way, thank you, thank you so much. I'm in your debt forever. Don't know if I've told you that. Very, very thankful. Love you forever. Mm, kisses. <clears throat> now, Momoa, last week, Captain Tibbs has made the decision to add Victor, of all people, to your match at Barcade. With this new, reinvigorated form of Victor, do you feel worried about your title reign ending at this match? No. I I'm sorry, do I really need to say anything else? I mean, come on, I literally just fought three spirit demons at the last pay-per-view, so forgive me if I'm... if the whole rat triple threat thing, I'm taking it a little lightly, I know. Because you know what? Yes. Victor does seem reinvigorated. Seems like he can take on any competitor in this company. Seems vicious, ready for a fight, but he's not just fighting any competitor this Sunday. He's fighting the god of the JWF. He's fighting Momoa Kari. So as far as I'm concerned, I understand that Victor and... The other ones seem to be having a few marital issues right now. So look, I am fine with being the irrelevant one in this situation. I'm fine with sitting back this Sunday and letting those two work out their issues before I punch them both in the face 
and pin them to the match. You see, this Sunday is a well-deserved night off for Momoakari. This Sunday is a walk in the proverbial park, and no rat is going to ruin my day. Uh, I'm sorry to keep bringing this up, Momoa, but as you said, it seems like... Well, you're taking this threat extremely lightly. Do, do I not need to remind you that these two have been former tag team champions? No, Vicious no, no, okay, look, I get it. Get what you're doing. Trying to make people excited, make them want to tune in and watch this Sunday on the Fight Boys YouTube channel because, oh no, Momoa Curry's title reigns in jeopardy. We've got to tune in and watch, but these people, these people are smarter than that, honeypot. They know I'm going to win. They know it's not even going to be close, and they know these two are just a stepping stone for me. So if you want people to tune in, you can't lie. You can't feed them some false narrative of, Oh no, he might lose. Oh no. No, you need to tell them the truth. And the truth is, if you want to see Momoa Curry, God of Law, God of the Sea, that whole deal, you know, if you want to see that guy beat down two fuck boys and then dance on their corpses, tune in this Sunday to Barcade. But if you want to see Momoa Curry lose, let me tell you something, friend. You're going to have to wait a while. And that is how you sell a damn match, McDonald's. Well, Tibbs, I mean, uh, I gotta say, a little bit of overconfidence from the champion. I mean, in the past, we've seen less challenges come his way, and he's been terrified, but I, I don't know. Do you think Momoa Curry's overconfident going into this? No. No. Uh, uh, no. Uh, okay. uh, Sills, have I said, did, I, did that pick up on the mic? Sorry. No. Uh, well, Tibbs, I... Yeah, it is the rat sentient. We can't. I, I don't know what to. I can, I'm sorry. I'm trying. I'm trying to be the best booker I could be, but damn, there's just going to be a massacre, bud. That's right, Tim's been speaking of massacres. That's something we've seen every time these men have stepped in the ring against one another. The team of the dynasty taking on the VWO because it's time for the main event of the evening and we can see the VWO standing proudly on the center of the ring the Dylan Scotty Moore and also Felix Ball who's there for some reason squaring God damn it squaring off against him it looks like the teams have been chosen looks like we have got the Dylan starting off against the Hammerman and, and Tibbs I got to say that is a wise move putting the big man up against the hammer but wait a minute Felix Ball the Wrecking Ball tagging himself into arrogance on full display. And Tibbs, it does not look like the Dylan or Scotty Moore are happy about that. I mean, I wouldn't be too, Sills. This is what Felix Ball does best. He injects himself into something that he thinks is getting hot. And then he just rides it out to make more money. That's right. Now Felix and the Dynasty jawjacking back and forth. But wait a minute. The Hammerman with a big spin kick just absolutely levels. Felix Ball going for a quick pin as the Hammerman. One, two, ooh, and the Wrecking Ball just barely kicking out at two and three quarters. But Tibbs, I'm going to say the remarkable thing is the Dynasty. 
Uh, Scotty Moore, the Dylan, they did nothing to help Felix, nothing to stop that pain, pinfall. It almost seemed to be relishing in this beatdown of the wrecking ball. Now it does my heart good to see people relish in Felix Ball's pain as much as I do. This is also not a good move for the Dynasty. They lose this match, they don't get the stipulation. That's right. Meanwhile, Hammerman now tagging in Justin Clouds, the powerhouse of the VWOs, now just putting boots to the downed Canadian. And Tibbs, I gotta tell you, if I were Felix Ball, I would be regretting that blind tag right now as Justin just continues the abuse of the Canadian one. Of course you regret that. He showed his overconfidence, and I think that the Dynasty, they're not going to let him lose, but maybe they're just going to let him take a little bit of punishment. That's right. Now, Justin just bouncing off the ropes, going for a big senton. But, ooh, Felix getting the legs up in the body of Justin just flew into the air, bouncing off of the knees of Felix Ball. And now we've got two downed men in the ring, Felix and Justin, both of them just crawling to their respective corners, begging for a tag. But wait a minute, Tim's the Dynasty. Look at Scotty Moore, the Dylan. They have jumped down off of the apron, leaving Felix Ball high and dry. And let me tell you something, the Wrecking Ball looks shocked at this, Tips. I mean, I'm shocked too, Sills. I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of pleasure right now, don't get me wrong. But did nobody tell them what the Dynasty had at stake for this? I don't know. I think the Dynasty, the, I mean, the Dylan and Scotty both have egos on their own. Those two added together, it's got to be great. And I think they may have enough ego to think that no matter what stipulation the VWO choose, they'll be able to beat them. But meanwhile, Justin tagging in his brother Griffin who rushes over and quickly lays out Ball with a vicious backbreaker combination. But Tibbs, I don't think this beatdown of Felix Ball is over. Griffin wants the whole Cloud Clan to finish things off. And he's picked up Felix. Look at the strength of Griffin. He may, may be the smallest man, but he has the greatest strength. He has the wrecking ball inverted as the hammer man and Justin climb to the top for a beautiful three-man under vapor. The Felix ball, Tibbs. Oh, that felt good. That's right. And Griffin going for the pin. Felix laying unmoving. One, two, three. And ladies and gentlemen, Felix Ball has been taken out by the men known as the VWO and Tibbs. You know what that means? The VWO, they've got some big decisions to make about their stipulations this Sunday. What do you think? All right, so that's the way the cookie's going to crumble for the dynasty. The VWO absolutely earned it here, though, and I think that Felix Ball got his just damn desserts. How's that ruining my life going now, Ball? That's right. Looks like Hammerman calling for the microphone, calling to speak. Let's hear what he's got to say. All right. Ever since I got to the JWF, there's been one aspect of my skills that have been ignored and doubted. They've said the Hammerman, he's a great striker. He's a great high flyer. But there's one thing he's not, a technician. And I'll tell you all right now, I didn't train for 10 years in the backyard with our father, Clint, getting stretched out and taught every hole in the book just to be called a high flyer. Which is why this Sunday, I'm putting away the hammer boot, the leg drop, the spin kicks, all of it. They're going on the back burner when I take Felix Ball 
and rip his head off of his shoulders until he's left with one choice. To tap out against the Hammer Man in a submission match. Well, that's all well and good, Trav. I'm sorry, Hammer Man. Uh, But you see, the VWO, we've been on quite a tear recently, if you haven't noticed. Ready to put right what once went wrong in our past. Started Los Trios Tangos. We defeated the Dynasty, if you don't remember, claimed these titles around our waists. And and I don't think we're going to lose that momentum this Sunday. Because, well, we want to make sure that the Dynasty never come for our titles ever again. We want to make sure that we know that they mean business, all right? Which is why my brother and I are going to be prepared to go to war this Sunday. A war with tables, ladders, and chairs. Did I mention the chairs? A a war where we do everything in our power to show the Dynasty the punishment they deserve. Everything that they gave us, we're going to give them ten times over. We're going to make them realize they were wrong all along. Best thing about the JWF is not the dynasty, ladies and gentlemen. It is the VWO. And we're going to prove that in our very own little ladder war. Well, Tim, strong words there from Griffin Clouds, and it looks like we have got a card set for this Sunday. We've got our triple threat match where Momoa Curry is going to take on the team of Victor and the Rat Boy Connor. But in addition to that, we have got this amazing ladder war just announced between the team of Griffin Clouds and his brother Justin as they take on Scotty Moore and the Dylan. And Tibbs, I've got to say something with how fired up Griffin's been. I don't think things are voting well for the Dynasty. What do you think? Well, the Dynasty's obviously had a lot of internal strife recently, Sills, and I think that I don't think they're as cohesive as VWO are right now. VWO's just on this real hot, hot streak. That's right, Tibbs. And speaking of that, let's talk about the Hammerman. I mean, I didn't think he'd have it in him. I thought he would do something like like a ladder match, like what his brothers were doing, a tables match, something a little bit more uh, suited to his high-flying antics, but instead he wants to try out Felix Ball in a submission match, and as a man who has faced Felix Ball and knows the series of submissions he has under his belt, I gotta know, do you think this was a wise move from the Hammerman? Sounds real weird proposition going in a against a submission specialist in a submission match, but you know what? I've trusted the Hammerman this far, and I don't think I'm going to start doubting him now. That's right, Tins, and in order to see all of this action, it will be at JWF Barcade, coming this Sunday to the Fight Boys YouTube channel. We've got all those amazing matches coming out, and I would make sure you guys tune in, because after that, we're going to get revved up and ready to get on the route to Wrestlepalooza, starting with a Regal Rumble expiration date, all the way to the greatest show of the entire year, Wrestlepalooza. And it's all at the Fight Boys YouTube channel. Give them a subscribe in order to find out what happens after that. You're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, boys, it's been one a hell of an episode. What did you learn this week? I learned that I'm going to see AEW, New Japan, <laughs> Joey Janela, some some really gay brunch, 
Like maybe <laughs> NXT. I don't know. Do we want to do that Saturday? Uh, That's happening. Maybe we got a weird pirate logo. <laughs> I'm gonna do all the wrestling this next year i'm just gonna like that's what i'm gonna devote all my money towards well i wrestling and booze i'm gonna become scotty uh but without the kid well i learned that uh dylan you left out a crucial member of the aew commentary team because yes it was excalibur and chuck taylor but orange cassidy was there the whole time he just didn't speak because he didn't have his headset on (laughs) Yeah, you never know, man. Like he was just missing out. He was he was he was so loud and disruptive they made him take it off. Yeah. I learned that drinking whiskey and live wrestling does not mix. No. <laughs> I'm gonna prove you wrong on that. <laughs> so where can people find y'all on the internet? Uh they can find me on Twitter at uh Dick and Stormy. You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter, you can find me at the Darkroom Vidya, that's Darkroom V I D Y A on YouTube. And you can just find me falling the fuck asleep right now. You can find him at the bottom of that cask strength barrel bourbon that he bought. How much was that? It was a lot, Dylan. Like 65, I... Well, no, the proof was a lot. It was probably about like 65 a bottle. Very good bottle. I've only had two drinks from it. That, hold on, by the way, 65 is also the alcohol percentage, so it really does even out. And you can find me on it Twitter. It is a 115 proof whiskey, thank you, sir. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo, S E O T T Y E M O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out the brand new BS Network program, Deviant. It is an epic audio drama of chaos and space piracy. And alcohol, because that's basically all of our shows at this point. So check that out at www.aloadofpurebs.com. In addition to all the other programs on the BS Network, from A Load of BS to Me Again, they're all there for you to check out. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters Baby. Hopefully we'll get to play it live sometime soon for all of you who want to listen. Okay, (laughs) okay. I thought you meant. Yeah, he's going to invite us up on stage. We're besties with him now. Yeah, <laughs> we'll bring him on. And remember to support the show, whether that be by donating to the Patreon or picking up some merch or just leaving us a review on iTunes. Those five stars mean the world to us. You can do it there, Podchaser, wherever you get your shows. And if you've already done all of that, just tell a friend who loves pro wrestling to check out the Fight Boys. And as always, you can find us at a load of purebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch. PureBS.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to let us join the Dark Order, Evil Uno. Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life! <laughs>